Welcome everyone to Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian, and we are getting into this weekend NFL Week 2 predictions and analysis. Uh, but first, a quick recap of Thursday Night Football. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad the Browns uh, showed more uh, life than they did against the Ravens. And I understand the Ravens are clearly more dominant team, but they pick up the win at home against the uh Bengals. I'm surprised there were that many people in the stands. Almost like they're almost that that looked like maybe I don't know. That looked like that was more than twenty five, thirty five percent capacity. But uh I don't know. People are getting brave now. Um but yeah, as far as the game is concerned, um it, it was nice to see the Browns do some damage on defense. They were very disruptive of the Bengals offensive line. Horrible and run blocking. They uh, couldn't open up anything for Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was getting terrorized in the backfield almost every time he touched the ball. So the Browns defensive line uh, did damage in the running game, forced Joe Burrow to pass a lot, but uh, Joe Burrow held his own uh, considering he had to play catch up um, a lot of the game. But um, uh, the Browns looked better. Always Nick Chubb is always going to bring it. Kareem Hunt always is always bringing it. Uh, where it gets kind of shaky is in the passing game. Uh, beautiful pass from Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham Jr. for the touchdown. Uh, that was just nice to see. It just looked like Beckham just looked like his old self again a little bit there, and that was just that was nice. That was refreshing. I was really happy for him uh, in that regard. Um, but then you know later on. Um, they're they're threatening and they're driving again into uh almost into the red zone and then Baker Mayfield I think it was off a play action pass but um slips a slips almost slips the sack uh, gets away from the sack uh, the guy who's trying to grab him for the sack on the pass play and then throws a pick like right around the two yard line almost into the end zone um and it just I, I you know it's like Baker looks really good sometimes and then other times it's like did you throw that? Now, I know from my perspective, yes, I've never been an NFL quarterback, but I'm thinking the caliber that you should be for NFL NFL quarterback and what Baker Mayfield has shown, it's like you make that good of a pass to Odell Beckham on the play action, and then this time, I can, like I said, I can't remember if it was a play action, but he dropped back. It was like a seven-step drop at least, and then he steps up to avoid the sack, uh, which it, it wasn't like he was very aggressively trying to avoid the sack. It just he stepped up and avoided it, so it seemed like it wasn't a problem for him. But then when he threw that thing, it was just like, no, man, he no, like you didn't see that defender, you didn't see that DB right there, or at least in that vicinity and where you threw it. It was like, yeah, I, I don't get it. So it's like it's 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 up and it's down, it's hot and it's cold with Baker Mayfield and the Browns passing game. But they get out in enough of a lead, and they seal the victory. Uh, the Bengals come back, come on late, and score a late touchdown. But it's only forty-four seconds left, and you know that's it. That's pretty much the ball game. So, Browns win thirty-five to thirty over the Bengals. But the Bengals show some promise if they can just actually run block for Joe Mixon. They would have a decently lethal offense because Joe Burrow has shown that, yeah, along with the rookie mistakes, that he can still do some things in the passing game. So, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, Browns move on to 1-1, and and the Bengals are 0-2, as probably most people expected. 
So we get to the Sunday slew of games. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about the Jaguars and Titans. Who would have thought, yeah, it's only one game, but who would have thought it'd be Jaguars versus Titans, both of them 1-0. Um, after the first week, um, the Titans are at home in this game. Um, I Man, it, this one's tough because I, I don't see either of these teams clearly dominant than the other. Um, you know, the Jaguars have uh, their number one combo is um, Minshew to DJ Chark. And then the Titans' number one option is, of course, Derrick Henry. Um, both defenses are pretty good, pretty good. They both have a, a few stars um, that are not that well known, but I would consider them stars um, as far as a defense, but yeah, I, I don't see one of these teams clearly dominant than the other. So this one is a toss up. And because I think that the running game of the Titans should prevail um, and wear down the Jaguars offense uh, and the Jaguars will probably have to try to play catch up. Um, and Minshew and Chark will be, you know, like I said, they are a good combination. And it's really hard for me to pick against them because, like I said, these two teams are really on par with one another, in my opinion. And so this really is a toss-up. I'm going to go with the Titans um, in this one just to eke out a win, probably a three-point win, field goal win. But it could easily go the other way. I'm really torn on that one. Moving on to the Panthers at the Buccaneers. This is another one where it's like, you know, based on what both teams show, both teams are coming in 0-1. And, and based on what both teams showed last week, I'm like, okay, the Panthers, obviously their strength is uh, Ed McCaffrey. Not Ed, see, I keep doing it. Not the not the father, it's the son, Christian McCaffrey. Um, He's their strength on offense. Teddy Bridgewater is no slouch. He doesn't make that many mistakes. Uh, but a lot of times, in like especially in that Raider game, it seems like I thought that they would have uh, been able to punch it in much sooner than they did. And, of course, they fell behind and they were not able to catch up. Same thing with the Bucks, with them throwing, uh, with Tom Brady throwing those two picks were very costly, especially the pick six. And even though he played better later on in the game, it was just it wasn't enough. Um, and they could never get back in the game because of the Saints uh, and the Saints offense. Um, so, yeah, this is another game where I say, you know, they're kind of on par with one another. Um, it's Christian McCaffrey versus Tom Brady. You know, I don't see either defense being really dominant or being able to stop the other. So, man, another toss up in this one. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to think that um, Christian McCaffrey and company, that offense, uh, I don't think either defense will probably be a factor. This might be another shootout, but I think Christian McCaffrey uh, and that offense of the Panthers will uh, eke out just enough firepower to top the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers will fall, fall to 0-2. Um, it's not that, uh, I mean, if Tom Brady can get things going, like, you know, he got, last game he got to Mike Evans so late in terms of them finally connecting. And I get the Saints defense was going to lock in on Mike Evans. He's their number one option. But still, that's your number one receiver. you got to get it to him more so than Gronk. I don't care if you know Gronk and familiar with Gronk. Mike Evans is your number one option. So you have to get it to him some way, somehow. Um, but I think they still struggle with that. And because the Panthers are a more gelled team, uh, I think they eke out an offensive shootout win. Uh, so I take the Panthers over the Bucks. 
Next, we have the Broncos at the Steelers. Um, Broncos still dealing with certain injuries at certain uh, certain uh, positions. I don't know if Von Miller is going to be ready yet. They need Von Miller. They need all the help they can get when they face the Steelers' offense. Um, Drew Locke, like I said, to me, Drew Locke looked good. There were things that he could do. Um, but I think, and this is going to be, they're, the Broncos are a tough team. They're a tough, gritty team. You know, I don't think they're blowing, blowing anybody out with any time that they may win during this season, but they can hold a, you know, a decent to good offense at bay just enough possibly to eke out a one to two or a field goal, uh, win here and there. Um, but I, I don't see it against the Steelers. The Steelers are almost, the Steelers are almost like the Broncos 2.0. Uh, in that sense that they have a better quarterback, they have better wide receivers, they have a better running game. And although that the Steelers offense, for the most part, is not known for blowing teams out with a lot of points, it's like they'll do just enough to get that three-point win, that seven-point win, ten-point win. And uh, it'll look like a close game, but the Steelers will get just enough to get things going. Plus, the Steelers have a better defense. And I say that Steelers' defense causes problems for Drew Locke and company. Of course, they're going to try to shut down Philip Lindsay first. Uh, and I just see the Steelers winning this one with their first game at home over the Broncos. So picking the Steelers in that one. Uh, the next one here, Rams at Eagles. Uh, man, I did not like what I saw out of the Eagles in game one against the Washington football team. Um, and the Rams, like I said, they didn't look all spectacular either. But if you're talking about how the Eagles offensive line had problems with the Washington football team's defensive line and how they terrorized and, and did what they did and forced uh, Carson Wentz into turnovers and sacks. What do you think Aaron Donald and company is going to do to him? So, I mean, I don't. And I don't put too much into the Rams offense. They haven't shown me enough to where it's like, oh, they're going to light it up for sure. They're going to score at least four touchdowns and, and make sure that the defense uh, just just gets them. As soon as the defense gets in the lead, they, then they're coasting the rest of the game. No, I don't believe that. But it'll be enough to get a win. So I'm picking the Rams in this one. Uh, the Eagles fall to probably a surprising 0-2. Um But I'm picking the Rams to win this one. It's not going to be pretty because, like I said, it's – for what the Rams offense is, and I would think that they should be better. It seems like a lot of times they're just, I don't know if they, they get in their own way or, or yeah, it just looks like sometimes they get in their own way or, you know, they don't capitalize on mistakes. And, you know, it was a tough game against Dallas, but then, you know, maybe Jared Goff makes a costly pick at the wrong, the worst time. Um, their running game with Brown should be good. Uh, but I just think overall they're a better team right now than what I saw from the Eagles last week. So I, it's hard for me to – I can't pick the Eagles based on what I saw last week. I know every game, every week is something new. You can turn it around, but I don't see it happening against the Rams. So I'm picking the Rams over the Eagles in Philadelphia. Next we have uh, – this is a cakewalk because, I mean, yes, the Niners um, – you know, lost to the Cardinals last week, uh, but they're on the road facing the Jets this week, and so the Jets are the Jets are at the bottom of the barrel. I say the Jets are a worse team than the Bengals, and so yeah, from what I saw just off of one week, um, yeah, this is this is not even a challenge. Shouldn't should not be a challenge for Jimmy Garoppolo 
Now, you know, you know, for all the talk and the negative talk that Jimmy Garoppolo gets, when you get a cakewalk game, annihilate them. Don't allow them to stay in the game. So I'm looking for the Niners to actually look like they were Super Bowl contenders and went to the Super Bowl last year and just totally annihilate the Jets. That's what you should do. This should not be a one-score game. This shouldn't even be a two-score game. The Niners should at least win this game by three touchdowns. And if they don't, it's a disappointment because you have to show the bottom feeder teams who you are and you have to show the mid-range teams who you are. Like, look, we're going to do this to a team. We're going to put them in their place because they are who they are and we are who we are. So if the Niners are, have any type of sense of uh, football pride in them, they will annihilate the Jets. So picking, of course, the Niners over the Jets. But I am holding the Niners to at least a three-touchdown win. Three-touchdown or more win. They better. Uh, or else it's a disappointment in my eyes. Uh, next, we have the Bills at the Dolphins. Um, I was uh, disappointed by the Dolphins last week. I thought they would show a little more than what they did. Now they're going uh, to back home, but it's the second consecutive uh, division rival game against what I thought was the toughest team and the team that's favored, in my eyes, to win the division uh, is the Buffalo Bills. And so you go with game one against the Patriots and now game two against the Bills. You know, it would have been probably nice for the Dolphins to get a couple other non-division uh, games under their belt and gear up and face these two tough teams. Um, but it's, you're not afforded that luxury, so uh, the Dolphins are falling to 0-2. I don't see the Bills not winning this game. But like I said in that recap, Josh Allen has got to stop making dumb mistakes. I, I, you're not a rookie anymore, and and it's in you running the football, not in your quarterbacking, not in your your passing and your progressions and all that stuff. I get you making mistakes in that, even though you know you're three years in, um, and it's, it's still gonna happen. But not when you're wanting to run the football so much. Like I said. If you want to run the football, get in the drills with the running backs and learn how to protect the football. Stop extending the ball away from your body when you're running the football and force and giving up the ball and turning the ball over. Um, even in spite of the mistakes that they made, they beat the Jets last week. And in spite of the mistakes that they probably would still make, because Josh Allen is still going to be Josh Allen, I still think that they should beat the Dolphins. Moving on, we have the Vikings at the Colts. Um, not even a question. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. Um, the Colts showed, yeah, horrible yeahness. Um, even with flashes and signs of what they had, um, their running back, their running game is in question because of health reasons, because of injuries and whatnot. And are these guys? Are Mac? Is is uh, their other running backs really healthy? They need that. That is their number one option. It's not Phillip Rivers. If you try to rely on Phillip Rivers late in the game, you saw what happened against the Jaguars. And, um, yeah, even though the Vikings looked atrocious against Aaron Rodgers, but that's Aaron Rodgers. I don't see them falling short as much as they did against Aaron Rod I mean, against Phillip Rivers as they did Aaron Rodgers because it's not even a question of who's a better quarterback and who's going to terrorize you more. So the Vikings really have to worry about the Colts running game. They shut that down. Phillip Rivers is not a threat to beat you. If you if it, if it, if he is, you are a pathetic team. 
Kentucky. There's just no way around that. You are pathetic if you let Phillip Rivers beat you in the passing game. So um, even if it's, you know, kind of an offensive shootout, which I really don't see, but even if it is gets down to that, the Vikings offense should take this thing over. Um, with the Colts defense being somewhat good, but probably going to be on the field so long because their offense isn't producing enough. So they're going to get tired. Dalvin Cook should run wild and uh, Kirk Cousins should do what he needs to do in the passing game with Thielen and, and Rudolph just enough to win the football game. So picking the Vikings over the Colts. And we'll get to this next one before the break. And that will be the Lions at the Packers. Uh, Of course, what I saw with the Lions giving up a a lead of 23 to 6 in the fourth quarter to the Bears. And now you go into uh, your second game of the season, the division rival at the Packers. Yeah, it's, it's a done deal. Packers win. And should win big because, like I said, it's just a stale thing with Matthew Stafford. Can he stay healthy? Can he make the right decisions? He makes good throws, but then do they have a running game to help him? Yes, Adrian Peterson can still do some things, but that's not enough. And then there's the Lions defense to think about. Are they going to be able to do anything against the Packers offense? Even if this comes to where it's a late shootout and because the Packers defense didn't look good against the Vikings offense, but I don't think you can compare the Vikings offense to the Lions offense. Um, Packers should still win this game. Not even a question. At least two scores, I would think. So that is the first eight games. And after the first eight games, I'm going to cut right in the middle here and take a break. But it'll only be a 30-second break. We've got to hear from our sponsors. I'll be right back. This is Scout Team Sports. Scout Team Sports right back at you. We are in the midst of our week two predictions and analysis for NFL's week two games. Uh, And we pick up with the Falcons at the Cowboys. This is another one I'm torn on because based on what I saw from week one, these two teams look on par. Um, It seems like the offenses are the strong points of both teams with the defenses lagging behind. Um... But when it comes to uh, my, uh, here's one of my models for picking games, for picking winners. It's like you usually have, very rarely do you have two teams going up against each other. This is what you want in a Super Bowl. You very rarely have two teams going up against each other who have strong offenses and strong defenses. So of both teams' offenses and both teams' defenses, those four categories, there's usually one that is the weakest link. And so, of course, I pick against that. Um, for this one, I look at both teams' offenses as being the strong points. The Falcons' offense, led by Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones. Um, and and that's, you know, that's their strength. Their offense is a strength. Calvin Ridley uh, and, you know, the passing game. Uh, and now they have somewhat of a running game and, you know, it's got to get better with Todd Gurley, but, um, that offense is their strong point. And then the Dallas offense, Zeke Elliott is their number one. That's their go-to with that kind of lingering behind. Didn't look that good as he looked last year. Um, all that's going on this off season, you know, I can't blame him, but at the same time, you don't have any excuses, um, when it comes to being, especially Dallas Cowboys quarterback. So, um, 
yeah, both teams' offenses are the strengths. If I look at the defenses, the team the team that I look at that has a weaker defense is the Falcons. So, based on that, if you go two versus one with both teams having a strong offense, but then I got to pick which defense is better, I would have to say that the Cowboys' defense is better. Not that they'll sh- shut down or, or slow down uh, uh, the Falcons' offense completely, but when I look at the Falcons' defense, if Zeke gets going... Falcons defense ain't doing nothing about it. And then if, if Dak can return to his 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 somewhat prime and, and, and complete some passes and make some good uh decisions with his feet when he needs to, I mean now you've got C D Lamb and you've got Amari Cooper and you got Michael Gallup. There are no excuses when it comes to the passing game. You need to get the job done. Um and I think they will enough in the passing game to complement the running game because the Falcons defense isn't that good. So I'm picking the Cowboys in this one um, for them to get their first win and the Falcons drop to 0-2. Next, I have the Giants at the Bears. Um, Based on what both teams showed, this is a tough one as well because I didn't like the fact, I mean, the Bears defense is going to do their job, but the fact that it took the offense so long to get going against the Lions and now they're going against the Giants where where the Giants defense is not anything to write home about but the Giants offense is going to be like you know they're it's best that they're out on in front and uh, you know if they get out in front and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are doing their thing that could be tough for the Bears and then you know Mitch Trubisky you know okay yeah they came back in this game but I'm not trusting them to make a comeback in every game I'm not trusting them to do that their offense is not that good but I think in this regard, they get out in front and they don't give up the lead. So I'm picking the Bears over the Giants, even though I like Saquon Barkley. Uh, Daniel Jones is still getting his, you know, he's in his sophomore year. He's still getting his feet under him as far as this uh, second year starting. Um, so, um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, I like Saquon Barkley and, and I feel bad that he's on that team, but I know, you know, he got picked high in the draft and a couple years back, so that's that's what you deal with. But uh, I just think overall the Bears have a better team, so I think they get the lead and don't let it go. Bears over at the Giants in Chicago. Next, the Washington football team at the Cardinals. Um, man, I picked against both these teams last week, and both of them won. <laughs> so... And I like both these teams. I like how they play. I like their style of play. They're hungry. They, both these teams play like they're hungry, even though they're inexperienced, even though they might lose some games due to inexperience, due to, you know, maybe just facing a, a, a superior team. These two teams are scrappy. These two teams are hungry. They're fighting. And they're both, I would say, dark horses in both their divisions. You know, most people are picking either the Eagles or the Cowboys you know, in the NFC East, and most people are picking either the Seahawks or the Niners in the NFC West, and I get that rightfully so, but who's to say that one of these teams halfway through the season is not looking at a possible playoff berth? I would tend to lean more toward the Cardinals in that regard than uh, than the Washington football team, but like I said, man, Ron Rivera is, the, is probably the most underrated coach in the league, um, 
you know, he, you know, what he did with Carolina and then because of the slump and then the, you know, problems with Cam Newton, not between them two, but problems just Cam Newton not being, not being healthy. And then of course he gets the ax, but as soon as that happens, he gets picked up and rightfully so, um, so it's this one is another game where I'm torn because I like both these teams. Both these teams are scrappy, they're gritty. Um the strengths is the to me is the Cardinals offense and uh the Washington football team's defense. Um so it's, it comes down to well, who's the weakest link between the Cardinals defense and the Washington football team's offense and that is really tough. I mean, the Washington football team's defense and the Cardinals offense is going to go back and forth. Washington's going to get some stops, but then the Cardinals offense is going to score some. But then to me, the weakest link is what determines the football game. And between, oh man, between Washington's uh, football team's offense and the Cardinals defense, man, this is tough. But you know what? I'm going Washington football team. I think Washington football team goes 2-0. and They get a hard-fought victory uh, over um, the Cardinals because I just still I still don't have enough faith in the Cardinals' D. I mean, they, I know they're there. They're there. They're competitive. They're hungry. They're, they're feisty. But, man, what I saw out of Washington football team was really nice, and I think Ron Rivera can galvanize those troops enough, even on the offensive side of the ball, to eke out a win, and who would have thought – that the Washington football team would be 2-0, and but I think it's going to happen. So I'm picking Washington football team. Nothing against the Cardinals. They could easily win this game. Not easily win this game, but they could very well just as much win this game. Um, like I said, I'm really torn on this game as well, but I think the Washington football team has has a little bit more scrappiness. And I think, I mean, it's going to be something to see Chase Young trying to chase Kyler Murray. Because, <laughs> that man, that is a matchup. But I think when it comes to the Washington football team's offense, I think they can power it out in the running game. And Dwayne Haskins can do just enough to get past that Cardinals defense. And Washington football team, I think, is going to be 2-0. Next, we have the Chiefs at the Chargers. Um, You saw what you saw from the Chargers, barely beating the Bengals. And now you come up against, um, you know, the defending Super Bowl champs who are 1-0. You know, I I figured that, you know, what the Niners were able to do as far as they're in the Super Bowl last year with their defensive line, the Chargers would somewhat be able to do with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. But eh, it just doesn't seem like the case. And all that offensive firepower that the Chiefs have, it really comes down to the other side. So, of course, I would say in this regard, the strengths are the Chiefs offense versus the Chargers defense. I would still always give that edge to clearly to the Chiefs offense. But then you think about the Chiefs defense and the Chargers offense and the Chiefs defense looked well last year. I mean, last year, last game, um, 20 points is, you know, you know, it's 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 OK. Um, but I don't know that the Chargers offense has enough firepower. I don't know that they are lethal enough to strike with Austin Eckler, Tyrod Taylor Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who I love, who I I think is like their best receiver. I love that big, strong, and and can and, and tall and can have still and still has speed, um, type receiver. 
Um, I think he's their biggest threat, but a lot of times I think they're probably going to go to Keenan Allen and they're going to go to Hunter Henry most more often, um, depending on the situations that Tyrod Taylor is in. But you need that Chargers need that running game. But if they're down by two score and they got to catch up and it's on Tyrod Taylor, I don't see it happening at all. And then the Chiefs, anytime they get an extra possession, they're going to capitalize on it. So, yeah, Chiefs are winning this one easy. Um, next game, we have the Ravens against the Texans. Um, Ravens in this one. Uh, the Texans, like I said, it, it's still a case of Deshaun Watson getting his best weapon taken away and replacing it with Brandon Cooks, who's been on so many teams. It's like, you know, if he's that good of a receiver and so speedy and so lethal, why is he getting bounced around? He just seems to disappear in games after he makes a catch or two. Um, it's just not fair for Deshaun Watson. The Texas defense isn't what it used to be. Ravens win this one. Not much to talk about there. Uh, next, we're getting into your Sunday night football matchup, which is a doozy. I think this is going to be probably... It's a toss-up between this one and Monday night football as far as the game of the week. And this is a, this is probably the best... This is probably going to be the best Sunday night football, Monday night football combo in a long time, I would think. So your Sunday night football is Monday night is on Sunday night. Rather, I'm sorry. The Patriots on the road against the Seahawks. Now, right away, we're thinking Russell Wilson. He's been there for a while and Cam Newton's just coming in. Okay, Seahawks all the way. But it's I think it's going to be a closer game than that because you know, Cam Newton's shown some grit. He's shown some fire and he's shown that he can play. Uh, now it's unfortunate that he's the own, the main offensive threat as far as running the football for that team. Uh, but you know, he can make some throws, even though all he really has is Julian Edelman, but he can make some throws. And, um, I think he will keep this game competitive. And then you, you add in the C, uh, the Patriots defense, if anything is going to be a problem for as good as Russell Wilson is in that offense, it would be the Patriots' defense, even though they didn't have Dante Hightower. Now, of course, that was against the Dolphins' offense, and this is a total 360 upgrade in terms of the level of competition you're going to be facing because Stephon Gilmore can only cover one guy in man coverage. So if he takes Tyler Lockett, then you got to worry about DK Metcalf. If he takes DK Metcalf, you got to worry about Tyler Lockett. Who's the uh, who's the Patriots number two corner? I don't know that that guy is going to be good enough to take either one of those guys. And then on top of that, you put in uh, Greg Olson as a tight end, and you got to be aware aware of him. And then Russell Wilson making um, making uh, plays with his feet. And then there's the running game uh, in Carson to think about. So I just think with all of those weapons. Even if even though the Patriots defense is gonna give them problems, I see the the Seahawks probably just barely winning this one, but still a win uh, over the Patriots. But I think it's gonna be a close game. I think the Patriots are gonna bring a fight. They're gonna bring a fight. The Patriots D is gonna be ready to fight. Cam Newton's gonna be ready to fight, even though he himself is like the sole offensive threat on that team. Uh, he needs help in a running game. He needs help from like reliable receivers or a tight end, and I don't see him having those things. Um, but the Seahawks' defense is not one that they used to be, even though they have uh, Adams now as a safety that they got from the Jets. I don't see the Seahawks' defense being this dominant defense. They're not the Legion of Boom anymore. Um, so um, 
that gives the Patriots offense, you know, some window of opportunities, but I don't think it's enough. It'll be, I think it's probably like a three-point game or less, um, but the Seahawks will do enough to get the win, maybe even like a five-point win, five-point win or something like that to where Cam has to, in the final seconds, has to drive down the field to get a touchdown, and he doesn't do it. Um, but if the Seahawks are smart, they got to get it. They should, they need to get up by two score and stay up by two score because Cam can do some damage and you don't want to have him with the ball in his hands with the last play, uh, last drive of the game. And, you know, he could pull out a game winner. You never know. But I think because he's limited on offense in terms of the help around him, I don't think it's going to be enough to hang with, um, the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks have a tougher matchup. See, the Seahawks have a tougher matchup going up against the Patriots' defense than the Patriots' de- offense has a has a matchup going up against the Seahawks' defense. So that's what kind of evens things out. It evens, it balances the equation because it'd probably be a little easier for Cam Newton to score on a Seahawks' defense because they're not what they used to be. But the Seahawks have more firepower, but they're going up against the tougher matchup as far as offenses versus defenses and the Patriots defense. So I, I think that's where things balance out and you get a really good football game. But it's hard for me to pick against the Seahawks right now. So until they show signs of just like, oh, what's wrong with you? All of a sudden, you don't know how to play football. <laughs> I got to go with the Seahawks until I see a team that like, man. You know, they go up against the Packers, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know where I'm, what I'm picking or something like that. But this one, I think that they will get the win, but it won't be easy. But the Seahawks get the win over the Patriots. And now you combine that Sunday night football game which with what I think will be another game of the week, the Monday night football matchup, the Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders in their first home game in Las Vegas and you know the TVs and then all the media are gonna be gonna be going crazy for get football in Vegas, NFL in Vegas. It's a big thing. Um, when you get down to the matchup, you know, just just from what you have, uh, if you have a feel of both of these teams, just from what you have a feel of, you would probably lean the Saints. Now the thing is, when it comes to the offenses. You know that Drew Brees can do his thing. But Drew Brees in the passing game has been diminishing. Okay? it's not, And it's in the fact that you didn't have a preseason, you didn't have a regular offseason, it does, it does play into effect. But the thing is, the Saints offense is so good with the different things that they do because they have Kamara to run the football. They have Kamara to catch screen passes and catch passes out of the backfield. Then they'll switch it up and put Taysom Hill in there and he'll start doing his thing. He can throw the football or he'll do a wildcat or things like that. And they have all these different things, these different packages to help Drew Brees out, especially if Drew Brees is not throwing like the Drew Brees of old, which he just hasn't been um all the time, consistently. But, I mean, it's not to say that Drew Brees can't get it done, especially against a Raiders defense. Um, You know, they're going to have a field day, I think. They're going to have a field day. But, you know, if, you know, they make a mistake here or there and the Raiders' offense is up to par with the way they play football, 
the Raiders offense is going to be run heavy, in my opinion. Um, and as long as Ruggs is healthy, that gives them a threat in the passing game. I, when it comes to the Raiders offense, they can punish the Saints defense if they have them on the field long enough to where they wear them out and they sustain long drives. I don't think a big play or quick play scores really helps you because then the Saints offense gets back on the field and they're going to run through the Raiders defense. So, you know, if if it comes down to, you know, the uh, another scenario where they're at fourth and goal or they're at, you know, fourth and inches, uh, the Saints offense is and they have to make it. And then all of a sudden the Raiders defense stops them like they did against Carolina. Then I would say the Raiders defense, you know, has has some life, um, you know, as far as a strength that they could have in terms of stopping the running game. But stopping the passing game, I don't see them doing that. But like I said, Drew Brees is not what he used to be. And so I don't know if this decline continues or continues to go down or, you know, he could bring it back up. Or like I said, with the tricks and the plays and all the, the multiple things that they can do on offense, maybe that won't be a factor. They can kind of mask uh, the little bit of decline of Drew Brees' arm. Um, but then, like I said, the Raiders are coming into their own on their strength on offense, running the football, Josh Jacobs, you can throw the football, you can throw the rugs, you can throw the Nelson Aguilar. He's going to throw to Waller a lot. They treat Waller their tight end like another receiver. I mean, I see him line up more outside off the line than he does on the line. So that ought to tell you something about what they believe in um, in Waller, especially being he's, 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 he's Derek Carr's blanket for sure. He is his blanket for sure. Um, and I think this one is another shootout. Um, unless one offense makes more mistakes, just com- com- clearly makes too many more mistakes. I think this is another shootout. I think this is a thriller. And I'm picking the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders in this one. I know I could easily be wrong, but I'm picking the Raiders to pull out a win here. And I know, you know, for like I said, it, it would seem like the Saints are the stronger team, but for one, you face the Tom Brady who's like he's not he's not all there. He, or at least where what he thinks his arm is. Derek Carr is more reliable in terms of what he's going to do. He can make mistakes at times, but I think just where his mind is at right now and knowing this contract year, uh, to me, this really is a contract year for Derek Carr, even if he has more time on his contract. Knowing that this is a year where he could be axed or he could, you know, have to prove that he belongs and all the talk and things like that. And I think he's got enough fuel. He's got enough fire to want to prove something that he has something to prove, even if he thinks he doesn't have anything to prove. I think he's going to play like it. Um, You combine that with the Raiders running game. They're going to use Josh Jacobs. I hope they don't overuse him. But he's Derek Carr's got to be able to do things in a passing game, which I think he can. They've got to go down the field. That's the whole point. You got rugs. If you're going to continue to throw everything 15 yards or less, then you're making it too easy for the Saints defense. And the Saints defense is capable, but they're not, they're not, I wouldn't even call them maybe even the top 10 defenses. Yeah, I mean, they've dropped off. They've dropped off. They're not in the top 10. I would say maybe two years ago, they were, yeah, their defense was in the top 10. 
but I wouldn't say I'd say I'd say in somewhere in between the 11 and 15 range, which is not bad because the Raiders defense is like with at the bottom or maybe two steps up from the bottom. So it's definitely a variance there. Um, but I think you can score on the Saints defense and you so if you keep them out on the field long enough and sustain long drives, then that wears them down and it makes it tougher on the offense and it makes it tougher on any offense. So in a thriller, maybe by two points, I'm picking the Raiders in a shootout thriller over the Saints. Crazy? I know. But like I said, from what I saw from these two teams the first week, uh, and I, I I think I really do think the Raiders had a tougher matchup in what they faced in the Panthers than what the Saints had in the matchup against the Bucks. I'm picking the Raiders to eke one out. I think they're going to get that first home win, and you know the place is going to go crazy for the few fans that are in there and the media around the world and all that stuff. Doesn't mean the Raiders are all of a sudden Super Bowl contenders or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I think that they're going to show some fight. This is their first home game in their new stadium. And I think that, um, like I said, both these teams have kinks in the armor. Even the Raiders have a bigger kink in the armor with their defense. But their defense can get a stop here, one stop here, maybe a stop there in critical moments like they did against the Panthers. And if, um, you know, they catch Drew Drew Brees slipping, you know, it can happen. Uh, Because, like I said, Drew is not what he used to be. Um, but then the Raiders offense is solid. The Raiders offense has to be solid. They have to play like they did last week and they have to be on solid on par with the running game. When they do pass the ball, they have to take shots down the field. They have to stretch out the field and make those completions. And I think that they can do it. Um, so in this one, and while it, most people I think are probably picking the saints, that's why I'm picking the Raiders mainly because like I said, a shootout, uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. And I think maybe the Saints might make one mistake, one mistake too many, and that'll give the Raiders a chance to get a last-second field goal, win by two points or something like that. So I'm picking the Raiders, and if I'm wrong, that's fine. But, man, I, I just I like what I saw. And so I'm, I'm thinking the Saints are coming off of a win where it's like, Ah, oh, Tom Brady, we beat him. He's no big deal. And now they're coming into the Raiders like, oh, yeah, it's the Raiders. And I think they're underestimating the Raiders. I really do. So that will conclude our week two predictions and analysis for the NFL. I appreciate all my subscribers. If you are a football fan and you know other football fans, please share this with them. New up and coming podcaster, sports announcer, sports broadcaster, whatever you want to call it, um, covering the NFL. And like I said, I'm going to be here doing this every Tuesday and Friday, every Tuesday and Friday. So your Friday show, which is right now, uh, that is to do the analysis and predictions for the, the bulk of the games on the weekend coming up, the Sunday fo- Sunday games and the Monday night football game. And then Tuesday is your recap of the previous week, right after the Monday night football game. Tuesday is your recap of that previous weekend and your Thursday night football prediction for that following Thursday night game two days later. So that's the way I'm rolling with it. 
Again, I appreciate all my subscribers. Please uh, listen, please share, uh, please tell a friend uh, that there's a new up-and-coming sports broadcaster, podcaster, whatever you want to call it, in town, and uh, I just appreciate any support that I get. Uh, I appreciate um, this platform that I have that I've been dreaming about for some time and, and have dealt with. Uh, life issues that have held me back, but uh, overcome, persevered. And for anybody else out there, overcoming and persevering, if that's your thing, keep on doing it. Uh, Believe until you stop breathing is my motto. This is Scout Team Sports. We'll see you in the next episode.